Hey everybody, welcome back to Bitches Love Brunch. This is episode 19 and this is Kiana. And this is your co-host Courtney. So we're so excited to be back this week. Um, Last week we had a fun time. Courtney and I talked about if black-owned businesses were entitled to our patronage. That got interesting. I got word tied. Um, (laughs) Courtney, (laughs) what else did we talk about? We talked about that and we talked about... The other one. Uh, the relationships between Africans and African Americans. Yes, we talked about that. And you know what? I actually um, I reached out to Sam from Civilized Savages because he and uh, you know him and John, they're both African, and they were talking oh, okay. about like going back home and what that meant to them. And I was like, can y'all elaborate? Because you know we're trying to go back to Wakanda. Courtney and I talked about how we can bridge the gap, and <laughs> so he had some explaining. Um, he gave me some like. Some tips for when we do go back to Africa on how to, like, bridge the gap. And he talked about, like, going back with somebody that you know who lives in Africa or is from Africa. That way you can Mm -hmm. make connections. Otherwise, it'll feel just like a vacation. (laughs) He was like, so, because you don't know anybody. So, um, quickly, just stepping in really quickly because we have a guest here today. And I'm doing this now only because she has been to Africa and so she was over here, like, nodding her head, like, yeah, <laughs> to what yes. you were saying about what Sam said. So I'll let her introduce herself, but we're excited to have her. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> it's Taria. <laughs> so for all of you who don't know me, there's not really anything particularly interesting about me. Uh, <laughs> Lies. I have a fiancé and a daughter. I went to OU, and that is where I met these lovely folks and how I... <laughs> I guess ended up on this podcast with them. So, hello to you all. <laughs> Thank you for that lovely introduction of yourself. Right. No problem. <laughs> okay, sorry, Kiana, but keep going. Um, and Tariya, if you have anything to no, add about this. No, Tariya can add. That African would be experience. cool. No, I think that is actually really true. Um, when I went, so I went to Botswana, it was probably like 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually, we, I went with a group and one of the girls in the group was actually from Botswana. So um, she really gave us a chance to get immersed in the culture and get immersed in the people that actually live there mm-hmm. and like make, make friends with people there mm-hmm. who I still, some of them I still talk to to this day. Oh, so awesome. I think that it gave us access to things that we would not have otherwise yeah. had access to. Like certain... Like, even the party culture. Yeah. Like, certain bars we would go to. Certain ways that they do barbecue that is different than how we do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to be exposed to, like, birthday parties. Stuff like that. Oh, wow. I didn't so know really, that. like, like one, one night we had, like, a bonfire where we all just, like, sat around and talked. And then it just was really a way to see, like, how they live life yeah. outside of, like, what they do for tourists. Now, did right. you, did you they, study abroad and do this? I studied abroad and did that. Okay. Yeah. But while I was there, I did actually see, like, that there is a really, a really big problem with the, with the disconnect. Like, um, I remember a particular conversation that will never leave me. Um, they were talking about, um, like, how Lift, not, was it Lift Every Voice and Sing? I think they were talking about Lift Every Voice and Sing and how it was, like, a depressing song and, like, how oh. I just reminded them about, like, picking <laughs> cotton or something. 
And I was just looking like, we really have no idea what colonization did for the, for the African countries that were colonized, which was most of them. We have no idea, most of us, what that did to them as a culture. And they have no idea about like how slavery you know, informs who we are mm -hmm. today. So it's kind of like a funny comment that was made, but like I don't think there's any funny jokes right. about slavery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows the disconnect. Right. You know? So, yeah. Well, thank you. I, that, I guess, you know, Sam was right. <laughs> or some truth, <laughs> some truth in that. So, um, and then, of course, we always get off on our random tangents. And so that happened last week. So, um, yeah, so we're kicking off this week with Taria. We're so excited to have you. And she is more than what her what her bio, the bio she just gave. <laughs> wow. she's, she's super awesome. So, yeah, we're really excited to have her have her this week um well Thanks let's for having me guys yeah we're excited so let's jump right in we gotta pass the mimosa yeah that's where we're jumping into <laughs> <laughs> okay what y'all drinking because <laughs> you're not drinking <laughs> right we are actually having mimosas this week <laughs> Oh, normally I'm having classy. something random, but right. Um. She tried to offer me bourbon. And that's a hell no. <laughs> Wait, you said no bourbon in it? I will be asleep on the on that couch. Y'all won't hear anything from me because I'll be I'll be in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> like good night. Can we try and get in an hour? I do not do dark liquor. Oh my goodness! I get angry and just yeah. I get like angry and like I start reminiscing about old shit. <laughs> we don't need to do that on the board. No, no, we don't. We do not right. do that. So I don't drink it. Um, well, I like to give people options, and it was there. So, but I also had champagne in the fridge. So, I'm glad I was able to give Tariya what she needed. Thank you. That is hilarious. So, Courtney, you drinking a mimosa? Y'all drinking mimosas? Cause we don't need to yeah, get whooping ass. Um, over there, <laughs> right? We don't. So I'm not on. anybody in here, cause it's just me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm on a little. Uh, I'm starting a little alcohol hiatus, cause I got some fitness stuff I'm trying to do. So I'm just gonna consume this here water this week and for the next coming weeks, and probably so after like Memorial Day weekend. We'll see if I can actually really do it though. All right, more power to you. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's passing the mimosas. And then um, let's jump in right into the quote for the week. So, this is how this topic, um, you know, actually took place. So, Taria and I, of course, we follow each other on Instagram. And we we notoriously go back and forth on different stuff <laughs> that Taria posts because it's mostly always good. So, um, I'm going to take a quote from an article that sparked, that sparked this conversation and that'll lead us to our topic. And so the quote is in an era where toxic masculinity is utterly overwhelming. We are desperate for a healthier and more nuanced role. And then that just spiral into a conversation about black men and ma um, black men, their masculinity and processing their emotions. And so we just wanted to, you know, jump right in and have an open dialogue instead of like in our DMs about, you know, how we feel about, you know, men in general and emotions. And of course what we have to deal with on the, 
regular basis are, are black men and their emotions or lack thereof. So, Taria, you remember that conversation? It was so good. Yes. It was a good... I mean, it's... That, this is a hard topic to, <laughs> to talk about because I feel like it's really, like, a big... I don't know. I feel like it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it starts in, like, childhood. Yes. I would agree. So, you know, they say that, you know, black boys, they stop, you know, like black, black girls, like you go through your life, you're not getting hugs and kisses. And as infants and and babies, you know, a lot of black boys receive the same treatment, but there, there comes to a certain age that, you know, little black boys, their hugs become less, their kisses become less, you know, that affection that showed towards them is sometimes, you know, just completely, you know, wiped out. And it continues for women and, you know, it doesn't for men. Or, you know, they're taught to seclude or suppress their emotions. You know, don't be soft, don't cry, um, be a man. You know what I'm saying? So it, it really does start off at a very young age for our men. You know what I also think is interesting? Um, I was going to say where I where this was an example from, but I don't want to be telling people's business. Um, <laughs> so I think it's an interesting, like, split of dynamics because there's that, what Kiana was just describing, but there's also the flip side of when you hear people say, love your sons and raise your daughters. So I think it's like this split dynamic between, like, after a certain point, you are more raising your daughters to be this certain type of woman. Be a lady. Don't do this. Don't do. Don't do that. Um, or wear these types of clothes. Wear that. But then at the same time, it's like, in some ways, we coddle men to think that they can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Let them get away. Right. <laughs> I knew somebody, don't let it fly. Somebody caught Bill Cosby. Like, no, I'm serious. Yeah, like, right. Bill Cosby's in a, is in a house. He has like five children, right? Like, some of them are girls. He has a wife that he's been married to for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. What about his emotional state was he unable to express? Right. Right. There had to be something. And maybe he did try, but I've seen how when black men do express their emotions... It's not always welcome. Mm-hmm. And Kiana said that in our conversation that, you know, black male emotion is pretty unwelcome. Especially this anger. <laughs> mm. I didn't think about it like that. I mean, I agree, but I didn't. I feel like when people hear emotion, they hear like, and even black men themselves, they hear, you want me to be soft as opposed to, I just want you to be able to communicate. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and we think of emotion as this sensitivity piece as opposed to all-encompassing of that anger piece. Well, so I think as black people, we have we have to, like, live on two sides of the fence anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, for black men, like, in black families, and somebody said this to me a long time ago. They said, like, and this is in any family, whatever color you are, like, everybody's emotions orbit around how the father or how the male figure in the house is feeling mm-hmm. so if he's like pissed off nobody mm-hmm. can rest like if he's happy everybody's happy mm-hmm. um and i never thought about it that way that is true but like so in in homes and stuff we're used to seeing like maybe an angry emotion from a black male so they they learn to project those things 
But then when they're like out in the workforce or out in the world, they can't be angry. Right. Even if they are. Because they could like get killed for being angry. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that because I think it goes back to even um, like... It, it goes back in our in our history. Like, black men weren't able to express themselves, you know, in, emo, in an emotional way. Because, you know, let's let's take it back to slavery. How mad do you think they can get on that cotton field? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're not right. able to express yourself without, you know, risking your life. You know what I'm saying? And then right. let's move forward and let's talk about segregation and Jim Crow. Like, you walking down the street, if you're too happy, you look the wrong way, you look at a white woman, you can be lynched. You know what I'm saying? So, or if I, you look somebody in the eyes, right? Exactly. You, so it's you can be lynched. So it's so kind of like if you have to suppress any kind of emotion, right? So like if somebody does something bad to you, like say say we're talking about in Jim Crow, like if someone does something bad to you when you're outside of the home and you can't express how angry that made you, what do you do? You wait till you get home. Mm-hmm. Then everybody else is mm-hmm. okay because you can't be your full self outside mm-hmm. and i feel like you know and here we are today that that's exactly <clears throat> where we are because I, I tell some of my friends this and um i'm just like imagine imagine the last time you like broke down and cried because you were so upset about something imagine not being able to do that literally mm-hmm. like we burst into tears and i think we take that for granted <laughs> like we burst into tears we're able to talk about how frustrated, how sad we are like imagine going through a breakup and not being able to talk to your your friends about it that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. So, um, so I feel like we're going through this kind of like renaissance for black women where we're like, uh, we're going to be our fucking selves mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're going to accept it. Mm-hmm. We're going to support each other. We're going to create these mm-hmm. like sisterhood bonds with each other and we're going to share everything with each other. Like men aren't there yet. Right. They aren't. And so that's where I'm trying to like, even in my own relationship, push my um, fiance to have like intimate relationships with his friends. Mm. Like, there are things that I cannot help him with because I don't know. I'm not a man. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't share that perspective. But if you you have to, you guys have to start opening up to each other so that y'all can share everything mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's the only way that you're gonna be healthy. We should have brought him on too. <laughs> yeah, but what would he actually talk or would he suppress his emotions? Because he's still black. And you know, <laughs> shout out See? to Sirius' uh, fiance. He played a critical role in our podcast too. There was a brief time he edited some stuff for us, so shout out to him. <laughs> like he, he's mm-hmm. beloved. Thanks, he's Kevin. a friend of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. In Joe Budden terms. Have <laughs> mercy. So yeah. I also um as you were saying that Taria or was it Kiana? I've only had one mimosa. Um <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking just about that privilege too and I and I feel like that's what you guys were saying, but like I've fuck it. I've had employees who have told me that they have just cried in front of their boss or in front of a coworker or um, whatever the case may be, and they were able to go back to work the next day and then not affect their work or not impact who they are in their work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know that's a line that we just feel like we can't cross. 
Like, there's no way a black man would have been able to sit in an office with anybody from his senior leadership or whatever and then go back to, go back to work the next day and not have his work be questioned. Right. And it's just like, when will we have... I mean, I know we are far and beyond trying to figure out, like, where our privileges are and why we don't have them yet, but that is, like, something like... Like you said, as black women, we're kind of taking these things back, and I'm I, like I'm eager and anxious, like for black men to take that back for themselves because they'll find them, they'll continue to find themselves in positions of like being behind or feeling suppressed when they don't really, they don't have to be, but they have to demand it, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's where that's where black women are in the movement. It's just like unapologetic. We're just going to keep doing this. I feel like, though, we I think we're we talking have... about straight black men, too. Right, right. <laughs> Say that. That's exactly what I was thinking. We're talking about straight black men because, I mean, I'm not going to generalize anybody, but I think that in order to, like, be a gay um, or trans black person, black man, um, in this world, you have to be in touch with your emotions mm-hmm. because you have to have a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think we're I think we're having this conversation about a specific group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's valid. Cis heterosexual <laughs> black men. Right. That is very valid. Um. I think I, there's one thing I did want to say. I think that, you know, while, mm-hmm. you know, women have progressed so far in, like, their emotional intelligence and, you know, trying to find ways, you know, like, we're sticking together. Like, I don't know if y'all heard Janelle Monae's CD. That shit is awesome. Um, <laughs> I have heard it. Uh-huh. It's just beautiful the way that, you know, black women are really owning every part of themselves. And I think that, you know... I think that black men have to go along this journey. There's only so much that we can do, but I think that we play a part in accepting their emotions. You know what I'm saying? Like making sure that they mm-hmm. feel comfortable expressing, you know, their emo- they can have that safe space with us because we probably are the first people who are going to be on the receiving end of those emotions when they do decide to express them. And one thing that I've noticed like emotions aren't they're not assigned by gender. Like you don't get you don't get to be joyful because you're a woman. You don't get to be angry because you're a man. Like emotions are human emotions. And so men really experience all facets of emotions just the way that we do. But like you said before, sometimes women are quick to say, like, hey, you're soft. Don't be soft. Or like you and your feelings right now. Like and we talked about that on the live show. And it's kinda like, yeah, be in your feelings because you, you kinda have them. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like black women have to do we have to do our part too and make sure that we do have that safe space for them well I think we have to also kind of break down and rebuild what we consider a man well that just got deep (laughs) right (laughs) like I mean do we perpetuate the idea that this that a man is hyper masculine, like whatever that means. Mm-hmm. That means you can't cry. That means mm-hmm. you can't, you know, ever have like if you're having mental health issues, you better not ever talk about them. Like mm-hmm. you better mm-hmm. just go to work, you know, bring home whatever paycheck you're bringing home, help me pay these bills, and like just be a man, quote unquote, whatever right. that means. Like, right. are, do we perpetuate that idea? 
Because if that idea is what's being perpetuated, then there's there's no question about why it's still continuing. Right. Right. I I think as a society, I think we do, mm-hmm. and. I mean, society, like, in general or just within the black community, I think we continue to perpetuate that. And and I think that's the confusing part for men because we perpetuate it, excuse me, we perpetuate it, but at the same time, we still say, I want you to be A, B, and C. Like, why can't you share this with me? And it's just like, well, what is it that you want? And in, in, in some realities, it's, I want all of that. Like, I do want you to be a quote-unquote man, but I do want you to be able to express your emotions or express how you feel. Um, I want you to be your full self. Yes, your full you self. But that's where it gets confusing. Sharia, and I, wanna, I completely agree. That's why we're still there. I want to mm-hmm. ask you, and you don't have to get too personal, but what and what... What are some ways that you kind of, like, disarm your fiancé and letting him know, like, his emotions are, you know what I'm saying? Like, going through that process. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've had had to, like, release, like, force him. I've had eight years to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've gotten really good at, like, and not, like, not forcing in terms of, like, being just a jerk or being violent or anything like that. I mean, just saying like, this is what, these are my expectations of you. And this is what I'm going to accept from you in our house. Like Mm -hmm. you are not, you are not like, I feel like I would be enabling him if I knew that something was wrong with him or something was bothering him. And in in my head, I say, okay, I'm just going to let it pass. I'm not going to ask him about it. I'm not going to like pride him about it. <clears throat> but when I can tell something's going on with him, I just say, you know, hey, are you all right? Like, mm-hmm. it's in a very, like, sincere way. Um, and we we just have, we have just created a space where certain things are just non-negotiables. And one thing that is non-negotiable is, like, you have to talk about how you're feeling. When you're ready, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like just because right now I want you to tell me. Mm-hmm. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to tell me that right now, but like when you get to a good place where you're ready to express those emotions, they're welcome, and I want to hear them because I want to help you, you know, figure out. I don't think there are solutions to everything, but like figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not an immediate solution to everything, but I think that. I could tell with him that that he was if anybody who knows that like I was saying before knows that he's like the life of the party he's like always happy and smiling and that's genuinely like who he is like he has a very sunny demeanor um but I also think that he kind of grew up in an environment where um like at people were expected to be happy all the time hmm like, if you did have a negative emotion, like, you mm-hmm. should probably, like, keep that to yourself. So, that's what he was used to doing. And when he got with me, I was like, you can express that you're unhappy with something. Or you can ex- express that, you know, you're sad about something. Um, because that's just, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. So, I want, I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know... 
his environment was like that because like people people of course do the best that they can and they want to foster the most positive environment for their kids um but i think that we have to be aware that like kids are like little people mm-hmm. right they are you know and they they grow to be teenagers and grow to be adults and like everybody should be able to express that wide range of emotion so when you um at whatever point you all had this conversation or these conversations, um, I guess what was that process like in transition and like how did he receive that? <laughs> if you can answer that. Um, I would say that he is still not fully there. Um, but I think he received it with kind of like relief, I think. Mm. I think he was like, wow, I can like really... I can really show this girl my mm-hmm. my full self, and she's yeah. gonna accept me, and she's still gonna love me, and she's not gonna think anything about who I am as a man. She's gonna mm-hmm. be looking at me as a person, mm-hmm. and so I think he feels really safe with me, which is why he's marrying me. You know, I, um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, when, yes. you, when you said that, um, it reminded I'm me. I'm here for all of that statement. And yes. I'm not even saying that to be funny or smug, but I think that's no, what we need to like. You know what I mean? Like, we need to strive for, like, if you can't be, like, safe in your home with the person that you love, that's not the person that you're right. right. male or female. Right. <laughs> We've said that on the show before, too. Like, we have women have these expectations, but yet we're not always creating the space for those expectations to be fulfilled and people have to feel comfortable and safe enough to let that happen. But if you're not showing them that, it's like you're saying one thing, but you're showing me another. And so this might not be it. <laughs> like, no, thank you. But you know yeah. what? I was, um, I'm a big fan of Sarah, Sarah Jakes Roberts. And so I was mm-hmm. listening to, it was either one of her books or a podcast, but um, she was talking about intimacy because that's exactly all that is, is intimacy. And it's literally like, I, I think that as humans, this is really how love is supposed to exist. And it's supposed to be, you know, I have to, you know, bear my flaws. Some are good. Some are bad. My emotions, sometimes they're high, sometimes they're low, but you have to trust a person enough to open up to them and share that part of yourself with them. And then if they love you anyhow, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's intimacy. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really Mm -hmm. when that love is is able to grow and able to flourish. But I think I think that's awesome and it's fun it's that's it's interesting that you use the word like he felt a sense of relief. Like like imagine like being in your body and all your feelings and somebody's like it's okay for you to be you and you're like, "Oh, I'm relieved." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like how much have you been holding back during all of this time that you felt like and that goes for male and female. Like, how much have you been holding back that you feel like, thank God I can finally just be free? Because those are parts that you've probably been hiding from yourself as well, not just me. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for any relationship, to be honest, too. Because, like, back to your point about um, him having those conversations with his male friends and, not, you know, not just you. Like, that's that's a form of intimacy as well, but that's also a form of relief as well. Like... Um, when you find that group of people or, you know, those genuine friends that you can do that with. Cause, and I've, I say this all the time, like, I know what friends in my life are for what. And not everybody gets that same size. So not right. everybody is going to get all of Courtney because 
for whatever reason, but in some cases it may be I just don't trust you with all of that or I don't feel like you deserve or have earned all of that. And I think the same goes for black men when they're having those conversations with their friends as well. And he and the thing is, is the friends might exist, but like y'all have to tap into that. Together. Right. Like I know he has great friends. Right. I know that they love him and they've been in his life for a really long time. But they have to take that journey together. Like mm-hmm. they all need to say, like this is what we're gonna do. Right. This mm-hmm. is gonna make our life better. You know, our 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 lives as friends better. Our, we're gonna be better fathers. Cause like I can't t- I can't teach him how to be a mm-hmm. father. I've never been a father. Mm-hmm. I've never, never be a father. father. Right. Right. You know. Um, but well, I mean I I guess in this you could be I could become a father, I guess, if I wanted to, but I don't Too I don't sure. foresee that happening. Um so like I can't teach him how to do that, right? Yeah. Like but they need to have those open and honest relationships with each other and have intimacy with each other. Like intimacy intimacy doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't have to mean anything sexual or bad exactly. or whatever. Like, it's just having a deep relationship with mm-hmm. somebody. Remember, Courtney, we tried so to um, ask Kenji that. Like, who holds you accountable in terms of, like, your men, <laughs> your, your, your male and friends? And we all know where Kenji went And with that, that Negro. What did he say? That Negro was like, if it ain't my business, it ain't my business. Something like that, like, stand to him, like, minding his own business. And I was like... Okay, so that didn't go and the way that we intended And having his friends mind their own business. He was pretty much like, it's in your best interest not to pretty much mind my business. That's exactly what he but said. But I think a lot of men run their relationships that way. They do not believe in getting in each other's personal business or affairs. And sometimes you do need to get into somebody's business. Especially if you can see them you know, going down the wrong road or mm-hmm. making decisions that you know that are bad for them. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you mind your own business? Right. <laughs> like, Turning a blind eye. Like, but I get, I mean, they're socialized that way, so that's why he said that. But it's like, it's a completely different perspective from what we're having now. But yes, yeah, that is interesting. We're, but like, like the kind of women, not every woman is like this, but the kind of women that we are, we're like, girl, I'm going to snatch you before the world snatches you. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. And I've had many uh, groups of friends or just friends be like, okay, girl, what's going on? You you sure this is what you want to do? There was a time, I don't need a time frame, but there was a point like I was going to take somebody back and it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. My homegirl was like, you want to text them now? I was like, mm-hmm. She was like, you want to text him right now. Like, this is this is what you're trying, the message that you're trying to send at 2 o'clock in the morning, and this is somebody that you say you're really interested in. I was like, no, I don't want to. I, I was also yeah. a little, you know, drunk. But, like, she was like, no, this is not what you want, and this is not what you're going to do. And it was just like, people don't always do that. But black women these days, we're not playing. <laughs> yeah, and, we find, and, and our job is to find people that we can do that with right mm-hmm. there are some people that do not want to be held accountable and that's fine but you're probably not going to be different for me right right <laughs> like you don't want me as your friend so yeah yeah so hopefully like men can get to that space with each other because it's beautiful um, like it's, it's nothing wrong with there, it but i would like to see that as a widespread type mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm if y'all had like one bit of advice for black men on this topic, what would it be? 
I think mine would be do do the work because it's not it's not something that happens naturally, especially because it. We can talk about it, you know, in a short span of time, or we can have a conversation about it. But I don't ex I can't expect you to change something I mentioned to you over the course of a few months and have that unravel a lifetime of habit that you've had. You know what I'm saying? Or generational habits mm-hmm. that you know you've incurred. But um, do the work. Like nothing is nothing wrong with therapy. Is nothing wrong with processing those feelings. And you know you got to dig deep. And I think that it's it's uncomfortable, but I think it's very worthwhile. Yeah, I I have to I have to talk about this. So <laughs> when I was on Instagram, I keep seeing this um, this meme about uh, Kanye being married to Kim. Oh and yes, Jay-Z being married to Beyonce, mm. and like you can see how people's partners affect them. My whole thing with that is, like, just what Kiana just said. Like, people have to do their own work. Mm-hmm. Why is Kim responsible for Kanye doing his emotional work? Why is the, why is the woman always expected mm-hmm. to, like, shape and fix mm-hmm. a man? Mm-hmm. And he is not expected to do anything but just, like, be dragged along. Like, men right. have their agency as well. And they have right. to do their work. Right, right. You know, so when I saw that, I was like, this is yet another example of them not being forced to do the emotional work. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything else to add to that. <laughs> um, I would say be open. Be open and do the work, like, and just recognize that, like, your work is not going to look like everybody else's work. Like, yeah. Your journey isn't going to look like everybody else's journey. So, I mean, that's what you have, like, your male friends there for, um, you know, to vent and be like, bro, you know, she tripping today or she wants this from me today. I don't know. You know, and they can, you know, give advice, but your journey isn't necessarily always going to mimic your homeboys, but... So be open. Same for black women too. If y'all need to do the work, do the work. It's so like this is not just for black men. We understand like we we we're talking about them now, but black women have to do the work as well because we got scars. And too. it's not instantaneous, black women. Like it's not like overnight. So like the first time you tell him, like, look, you're not communicating with me, and then expecting them to get it tomorrow. Um, I mean, and we've all been there. Like I've been that woman. It just, it still just not doesn't happen that way. And if you're looking for something to turn around that quickly, like you're always, your expectation is always gonna be bust. Like, so it's just not gonna be instantaneous. I think you're right, Kiana, in mentioning that for women too. If folks care enough about each other, they'll do it. Right. I mean, maybe he just doesn't care, like, to communicate with you, like, like, he does not want to communicate with you because he doesn't, he doesn't feel like you are worthy of that. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. But if somebody really cares about you and really loves you, they are going to do whatever they can to try and make those personal improvements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really sincerely believe, like, it's that easy. I do, too. I do too. All right. Well, that wraps up that good topic. 
I'm trying to pull up the next one. So, in the, well, I call this, do black women settle for love? I think that's what I said. Um, oh God! But <laughs> but I don't I know if I read that timeline. I knew what it was gonna say, but I just wasn't ready. <laughs> um, I don't know if I phrased it quite right, but Kiana sent me a post. I think it was earlier this week, um, and it was actually on the shade room. I think. Um, no, what's her name? Demetria. Yeah. Um, do you? That's a whole different topic. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Talk maybe maybe love was a strong word. She's the one that wrote that post about getting a divorce, right? Yes. Okay. I love that post. So maybe not her. But okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So she reposted somebody else's status. Um. And a young woman was just saying how. Um. The guy that she was dating, she had asked him about his first love. Um, he's Mexican, and um, he, you know, he described her, told her how much he loved this, you know, this other girl, you know, whenever this was. Um, and but he couldn't marry her because she came from a wealthy family, um, and he didn't have the money to take care of her in the way that she was used to. And so the young woman, you know, was just saying how she responded, which is like, well, that's crazy because, you know, if you really love somebody, then, you know, that shouldn't matter. Like, love is the only thing that's really important. And so I guess the guy or her boyfriend responded and was like, um, not to offend you, but black women are the ones that think like that. <laughs> I wish you could see Taria's face, Kiana. <laughs> Um, he, and so he was like, and that's not good. And he, his point was, if I love her, why would I want to offer her a lesser life than what she was raised with and used to? Um, and what kind of man would he be if he took that woman like out of that environment and out of that lifestyle and knowing that he could not provide that for her? Um, and then, and he was just saying, you know, I went on to say, like, I want the best for her. And if that meant, like, not being with me, then so be it. Because that's what she deserves. Um, and so the woman was just like, she was offended. But um, she realized that he might have been right. Like, <clears throat> was her way of thinking foolish if, you know, love is really the only thing that's important? Go ahead, Tariq. I know you got something to say. Um, so I think that, like, we have access to certain different groups, right, that mm -hmm. maybe we would have had access to if we hadn't gone to college or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we get, we get these jobs because we have these degrees and we get to be around all these different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I've noticed about... Um, many of the white women who I know who are married um, their husbands or the people that they're dating generally are coming to the table with something significantly more than what they have or equal mm -hmm. okay um, <clears throat> so 
I do think that, that they receive different messages than we receive about like courtship and relationships. And about who who is even in the pool to marry them or be with them. Okay. Like everybody ain't in the pool. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Kiana, what were your first thoughts when you sent this? Well, the first thought was like, damn. I kind of do think that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then um on second thought, I mean, just like critically thinking about it, I think you can look at it from like two different aspects. You can look at it and say, I think the the first question I had was like, is is love enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, is is love is that is that is that it? Is that all that you need? And you know, as as you grow and you become, at least me, as I'm growing and becoming older and more mature and I've experienced different things, there's so much more I need from my partner than just, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that to a degree, he was right. But I also believe to a degree that he lacked a little um, confidence in himself. You know what I'm saying? Um but mm. I'm also a firm believer in not cashing out on potential. So it was it was a tricky, um, it was tricky yeah. the way that I navigated, you know, thinking mm. about this because it's like okay, well I could potentially be this for her, but potentially we don't know if you can ever get there. And then you are selling her selling her a little bit short from what you know she deserves and what she's used to. So I think that the biggest thing I walked away from it with the firm, concrete like thought process was like. Can love really be enough? Can love really be the sustaining factor in my relationship? And my answer to that is probably no. So, I... I'm trying to think. I had a lot of thoughts about this. This is so deep. It is. (laughs) I had a lot of thoughts about this because... um, my first reaction was, like, before I fully read it was, I knew that that's where it was going, like, that that's what she was going to say. Like, if you loved her, you should have been with her or whatever. Um, but then when it got to the point of what the guy was saying, um, I, I think I kind of felt like her. And I was like, mm, like, that one kind of stung a little bit because I think that is the case. And... And I agree, kind of like a part of me was like, mm, well, I don't necessarily think you were fully confident in yourself because you could have ended up being that man. It might have just been like, not right now, but maybe you would have ended up being a wealthy man and being able to provide that for her. Um, but I guess to the bottom line question of is love enough, I think that goes back to the uh, one of your other posts that I responded to and reposted about, you know, um, we're told that we have the responsibility to love our partners unconditionally and without reservation. Yeah. And so it's just like, like that love is just supposed to be enough and we are supposed to accept whatever may come. And so if we do find this guy, and I think Kiana, we've talked about this on the show as well. I think then this is when we were talking about corny dudes. And so, well, whatever. Corny dudes. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> or how they might get the short end of the stick. But, you know, like if you meet... Wait, a, they're getting the short end of the stick because like their, person, their personality is corny. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell Justice. If, she, if, she, if Justice dates men, I'm going to be like, find you the corniest one. He's probably the best one for you. Honestly. See, and that's what I was going to say was like... 
just because you are wealthy no I guess that's not even the best way to put it but like just because you do are interested in me or um I don't know you say you like me and I guess best based on your resume you look good like is that just supposed to be enough like is that it and I had a good girlfriend one day actually call me out about like we're talking about girlfriends holding you accountable uh, Liz Chastain. Hey, Liz. <laughs> I don't know if she remembers this, but there was this one day when we were, and we were like, I forget where we were, but she was asking me why I was talking to this guy. And I was like, well, he's really nice to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the basic as <laughs> I can see Liz just straight biting on that too, like. And Liz was like, I mean, but is that enough? Like, it's being nice enough. Right. I mean, she really snatched my edges. But that, I had never thought about it like that. I I always just thought, well, if if they're nice enough to me, like, then, you know. Then that's it. Yeah, I mean, they're nice, right? They don't. They don't. They don't have to do anything really, else. This is really uncomfortable for me because this is exposing my past low standards. <laughs> but you, but, but you say about where you are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so much we have arrived. Okay. Yeah, but there are other things that are important outside of somebody just being like nice. It is. Yeah. And I think that's where that came in, which you were, or which you posted the other day on your story, was just like. We're supposed to just love them. And Kiana, we've talked about this too. Like the whole unconditional. Mm-hmm. Like without any standards. No reservations. And it's like... Yeah. I think it's really hard though. Because I don't, I don't even think that we can have this conversation without even without talking about institutional racism. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we were to put qualifiers out there, right? And we were to say, generalize and say that like most black women want to... Be with a black man. There's a whole bunch of shit that's going on <laughs> that makes that kind of hard. Like mm-hmm. it makes it harder. Yeah, right. Than it right. Is for uh, even other people of color, um, there are a lot of black men who are incarcerated or who have records. Mm-hmm. Some of their records are for like really petty things, but they impact their earning potential they impact their quality of life mm. and like and they come out different men we talked about that yeah. marrying a felon courtney yes my, my dad um was incarcerated for 16 years wow, oh, wow. and the person that <clears throat> i remember him being when he went there is there's something different about him Mm -hmm. like he used to when I was a kid he had like this kind of like light behind his eyes and the light is gone Mm -hmm. like he's still like funny charming like everybody loves him but there's definitely something different about his personality because the point of prison is like to break you right and like there is definitely like a brokenness Mm -hmm. so imagine like encountering those kind of people that you can see like this great potential and right. there is something like really broken about them. Especially when they go in for petty crimes. Right. Like, mm-hmm. 
and especially a whole different person because you have so much anger and resentment because of that one situation sorry go ahead kiana Oh, no, and, and, and I was going to say, um, especially when they experience um, solitary confinement, um, that is an mm-hmm. inhum- that's an inhumane experience. That's torture. You know, that's like somebody right. going in the hole on scandal and coming back out and supposed to be, you know, a, a, a normal operating citizen. It doesn't happen that way. And, mm-hmm. and it's legal here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's legal. And they mm-hmm. do it every day. Well, look at Khalif Browder. Yeah. And I think he talked about this, like yeah. in one of his interviews, about how he was having a really hard time dating mm-hmm. like once mm-hmm. he was he released um, because just because just women looked at him differently. Um, so we have those, we have that, right? Mm-hmm. We have the issue that you know black women are be, being educated by leaps and bounds over black men. Um, and just a bunch of other things that yeah. I could talk about that I think make it makes it doesn't make the pool the pool smaller because like those people are still in the pool. Well, I guess if you're in jail, you're not even in the pool. <laughs> yeah, you ain't even in the pool. You don't even have a toe in the water. Right. Like. <clears throat> yeah. The the pickings are different. They are, and I and I think that's why we have had that mentality that her boyfriend was referring to because the pickings are slim and so what and so when I do find a quote unquote good one I better hold on to him and just take it and so if he turns into something that you did not originally see um and you don't even know how to navigate that so whether that is he's verbally abusive or he lacks motivation at times whatever that may be and you don't know how to navigate that you're more likely to stay. Yeah, because you're like, what else is out there for me? Right, like, right. Especially if they're, like, good on paper. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want people to stop doing. Mm-hmm. Like, just because he's good on paper, he has a great job, he's educated, he look all right. <laughs> right. You know, um, he's got everything on paper. That is... That is just not sustainable. No. It's it's always about fit, too. Like, we, we say this when we hire people. Like, yes, your resume looks good, but that's the point of interviewing. That's right. the point of the 90-day probation period. That's the point of you being there a year and after that year saying, okay, let's reevaluate where we are right now. You as an employee, <laughs> me as your employer, yeah. like, is this a good fit? Is this yeah. a good cultural fit? So and you have to be the same way, I believe that. At least oh, you yeah. have to be the same way in your relationships. Like, if the person I met on paper is not the person that I have a year from now, something's not working. And we can either address it, you know, and try to resolve it and move forward with it. Or we might just have to cut ties and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not have to stay. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, also the other issue is just the, the way society treats and looks at black women. Like, we're constantly getting these, like, the image of that that black woman at Waffle House getting, like, assaulted by the police. Like, I see stuff like that all the time on the internet. Like, whether it's, like, a black woman being in a convenience store and the owner of the convenience store is detaining her and everybody's standing around looking, not, not even trying to, like, provide any kind of aid for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you were... Raised in a society that makes you feel unwanted and somebody comes along and wants you. Like, right. 
<laughs> like me? <laughs> yeah, you, you know talking I mean? to me? And they and they <clears throat> and they seem all right on paper. Like right. you're like, why? Well, I, I have a good catch, but you're not thinking about is he a good cultural fit for me? Mm-hmm. So I have a um, I have a question for both of you. And I think, you know, all three of us have very different perspectives when it comes to this. And I'm going to tailor it to each one of us. And so I think what we need to do is, you know, change that narrative and what we tell our daughters or talking to them about, you know, their dating pool. And so, Taria, what would you want to say to your daughter? Me, what would I want to say to my future daughter? And Courtney, what would you want to say to somebody who you know, that you are mentoring or influencing or any kind of way that you see yourself having an impact on somebody who's growing in your life. I appreciate you tailoring that for me and knowing that I don't want children. I mean, so. we all three are different. <laughs> I don't have a kid yet. I can only speak of what I possibly could do. Taria got to do it. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Taria. Sorry. Can I go last? <laughs> I feel like I should go last. So I'm the one with the actual real shit. Okay. <laughs> um... I'll go first then, since I will not. Um, For me, I think a lot of it will come from my walk and my experience. And I think it's just that very basic foundation of, you know, when you learn and go through things, just showing other young women, like, you don't necessarily have to choose this route. I think there are a lot of things that we go through whether it's, you know, something like this in, you know, dating or just the college experience where I feel like we have often said, I wish somebody would have told me about this or nobody told me it was going to be like this. Nobody told me about Sally Mae. Nobody (laughs) told me about um, negotiating a raise. Like nobody is, sometimes we feel as if nobody's talking about those things. And so for me, it would just be a matter of creating the space and having the conversation for the children that are not either having that conversation at home because their parents may not know how to navigate it, and that's not to overstep that boundary, but just recognizing that oftentimes, at least in the demographic that I work with, um, it's not happening because they don't know how, and a lot of times because their parents are my peers. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first big thing is just to have the conversation and creating the space to know that you can do that. Um, And then just going back to, you know, what I said about... Just learning from my experiences, like, you do have choices. Like, you really do. And you and it's okay to create your own standards, yeah. whatever that may be. Um, and you don't have to buy into um, whatever society is feeding you because that has not always been the case. Um, so I think that would be my biggest thing. It's just is knowing that you kind of like I was saying earlier is like your journey is going to be completely different. Um, if you if your gut is telling you like that doesn't feel right for you, um, it's okay to take a different path. Like you can't do it how I would do it. Like even though I may be the one having this conversation with you, like I'm just telling you what I went through. But I wouldn't expect you to do that. I'm just expecting you to take a little bit of that knowledge or that wisdom and then do what you want with it. Right. Okay. Kiana? I think I would try to tell my future daughter three things. And I think I lost the third point, but hopefully it'll come back by the time I get there. First, (laughs) I think that, you know, I... 
I think the key to everything is exposure. And for me, um, you know, growing up and being exposed to a lot of different things and exposing myself to things as I got older. And I think one of the things that helps me even while dating is to know, like, he ain't the only person out there. And as and although we think that our pool is small, like, that's a pool in the United States or a pool in Nashville or a pool in Columbus. But, like, it's a whole world full of men. Whole world. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. the possibilities are endless. And there's multiple people out here that can fit the needs or fit the criteria that you're looking for in a partner. I think I want my daughter to know, like, don't limit yourself. Be- don't limit yourself. Don't, don't put yourself in that box. Two, one of the things that you said, like, it's your choice. As as many times as we think, like, a man has to pursue you, it is your choice if you want to entertain him or not. He does not dictate whether he wants to be in a relationship with you. You have just as much say in this as he does. This is your choice, too. And I encourage that you think about this, um, you know, and, and value the fact that you do have this choice. Because a lot of times women didn't have choices in who they married or who they had to be with. And then... Mm-hmm. Lastly, I think that relationship should be purpose-driven because it takes more than just love, like we said before. So make sure that you can't just see yourself walking down this aisle with this person or dating this person for a few years. But what can you fo- what can you see that you can potentially fulfill with this partner throughout your life? Like, think about that. Because y'all are supposed to have a purpose when y'all are with each other. Right. And if you don't see them in any of those things... <laughs> then that ain't for you. <laughs> then that's not for you you like like you have to be able just like you visualize things about your career um about your wedding day but you don't know who that person is like I do that often I'm like mm, can I see this person just like because I know who my family is my family is from Cleveland mm-hmm. blue collar folk um can you see them sitting can you them? can you like you may have like all this money you may walk work on Wall Street whatever if you can't sit down and have a conversation with either one of my brothers, it's a no. It's not going to work. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to... You have to... You, I agree. You have to visualize those things. You do. And what can y'all accomplish together? And I think the last thing I would teach my daughter, which I think we don't... I know that I didn't receive this and I wish I did. I just want to teach her how to how to exit. Know when it's time to go. <laughs> like, I think that That's is so one. valuable. Like, know when it's time to leave and I'm going to show you how to do it. And that's probably it right now. <laughs> that's a really good one that I think is very critical. And it gets it gets missed often. And I think that's why we sit in things so long. Um, mm-hmm. The past, my, the church that I've been going to, um, he was actually talking about that. I think this was like during like a March Madness series. It's like, Uh-oh. we just don't know how excuse me we just don't know how to end things and just walk away whether it's a job whether it's a relationship we get really excited about entering them we don't know how to just be like you know what this is not working and it's time i see you kiana dropping gems al (laughs) go ahead (laughs) um i think i would tell justice that love is like really not that complicated Yes. There's been like all these books written and movies written about like, you know, love. I forget there's a quote that love is a battle, love is a war. Like, it's really not. Mm -mm. (laughs) The Bible says it's really not. Like, love is easy, love is kind. In your gut. Mm hmm. When. Mm. 
that person comes along. Like, you will literally just know. Like, it will be a feeling that you cannot really name or describe. Mm -hmm. But when that person comes along, and maybe it's not even the person that you're going to marry, but, like, if, if she wants to get married, she may not want to get married. But it may... It may be a person that is going to be really influential in your life or in your life for a long mm -hmm. time. You just know when those people come in your mm -hmm. life. You know pretty quickly. So I'm going to teach her to identify, to really like hone into her inner self mm -hmm. so she can be really awake inside so that when that person does come along, she doesn't either miss them mm -hmm. or she doesn't misidentify them. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. girl, why did you think he was... <clears throat> That <laughs> why did you think that person was the one? Like, like mom then, told then. you about your inner self. Did you listen? Mm -hmm. Um. So I would I would I would say that. I would say similar to what Kiana said. Like, you have as much agency and power in this relationship as the person that you're in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't. If you find yourself powerless, that's a dangerous situation. Yeah. You should not be in situations where you feel like you do not have power or agency. Um, I think that's why we find there's... I mean, there's a, there's a huge number of women who are either in, uh, in relationships where they're ab abused, the relationship is violent. There's a big number of men who you know, kill their female spouses mm -hmm. or partners. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like, I want to really teach her. I mean, that's, that seems dark, but no. in the beginning, you you don't, I don't think any of those people that find themselves in those situations were able to identify that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's really that hard. There's red flags. Right, right. And if those red flags go up, you need to, like you said, learn how to exit and and the third thing that I would teach her, all of these are life lessons, but they apply to love. Like, right. um, you don't know that people in your know that sometimes people are in your life for a season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh. And just because and just because somebody's showing you attention, doesn't mean that you have to show them attention back. Yes. Made. We are not made nice for, for men. <laughs> You know what I mean? We don't. I don't right. have to smile at you if I don't want to. Right. I don't have to give you my number if I don't want to. I don't have to show you any type of like. I, I have to be nice to you because you're a person, and, right? And I need to show you respect as a person. But outside of that, I don't have to do anything else, right? Um, and so those are the things that I would I would try to have as takeaways for her. There's one more thing that I want to add um, because it was probably one of my biggest lessons and one of the things that I most appreciate going through was um, <clears throat> one that I would just say is just um, know yourself and also take time for yourself to learn yourself first. I won't necessarily say first, but at some point. Um, I know that like when I did it and I was going through that phase, like at first it was forced <laughs> and then it was like by choice, like I had to take a moment and just be like, look, I don't want to be with anybody. And I'm not talking about, like, for a couple of weeks. Because after, I think at the point that I did it, after 23 years, it's going to take <laughs> more than a week to, like, figure yourself out. I'm really getting in tune with yourself. But once I did that, like, 
I always had standards, but at that point it was like I stood by them because there was a point where it's like, yeah, I know what I wanted out of somebody or even out of friendships, but then I would let certain people skate by. You know what I mean? It was just like, mm, I know I said I wanted this, but because he was nice, because he liked me, or because she seems cool, like, um, I'll let that slide or whatever. He's not the greatest communicator, but whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but once once I took that moment to just be by myself and really take some time, it was like, Courtney, you've been had standards. You just you just, you know, kinda straight from them or whatever. And so I would say that would probably be another thing that I would add. Yeah, like <clears throat> what things are negotiable and what things are not negotiable. Right. Yes. Like it's okay to be flexible and to right. compromise, but like some things are just non negotiables. And I think also growing up in this world, in the whole world as a girl. We teach our daughters to be super influenced by what other people think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that influences who they date and who they marry. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, well, I can only date, like, you know, maybe three or four people in my life. So I don't want people to think that, like, I'm sleeping with all these guys. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm mm -hmm. a hoe or I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, you better <laughs> figure it out. Date yeah. whoever. Figure out and date whoever <laughs> until you go through life. Feel that you have found <laughs> that person that's a good match for you. Yeah. But I think those like those really like patriarchal standards of like how women are supposed to conduct themselves in dating. Like somebody, I don't know if it was you or Kiana talked about like you can't pursue the man. Mm. Like if you see something you want, right, you just gonna let it walk by, right, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think if we change those things, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then we will start to see like our pools open up. Yeah, and because she's right. I mean, the, there's the world is a big place, and I think also like I want Justice to know that I I believe in soulmates, and I believe that there are more than one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that they could be anywhere. So like, I want her to really like think that like there's somebody out there that is like not they are not perfect, but they're perfect for you. Like, right. And like till you unless you have that feeling, then you need to keep moving till you get that feeling. Yeah. I agree. Y'all, this is good. Y'all, we got really deep. This on is this good. <laughs> okay, well we can we, had a good we time. can make it light. Ouch. All right. I got a short game um, because, you know, this episode will be a, a little bit longer. But stay, stick with us. It's still fun. Um, so this game, we <laughs> it's going to be this is one round and one round only. And I'm going to allow y'all to have explanations if y'all see fit. And I know it's wrong that I'm doing this to you, but it's it's fun. So we're going to oh, play um, Fuck, Kill, Mary. Oh. <laughs> okay. And you both. This is all hypothetical. All hypothetical. <laughs> this is one shot, one shot only. Would you fuck Killer Mary, Kanye West, Donald Trump? Nope, nope, nope. Kanye oh. West, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can you give me the. Kanye me West. R. Kelly and Bill Cosby? Yep. Is there an option for me to kill myself? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> she said R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, and who? Kanye. Kanye West. Kanye. 
for the sake of time, I'm gonna just let the two of y'all go. I, no, <laughs> you have to do it. Um, <laughs> fuck, kill Mary, Kanye West, R. Kelly, or Bill Cosby. Fuck, kill Mary. God damn. <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> it it is bad. I mean, you did it. It's fun. <laughs> okay. Oh Jesus. Okay. So this is what I'm gonna say. This is this is my logic. Oh, fuck. This is my logic around this. No way. Kiana, you go first. Shit. Oh, no. <laughs> really? You came up with it. You have to go first. Okay, so I think... I think of... Oh, this is... This is god-awful, but I would probably... <laughs> and there's no judgment. Please, there's no judgment in these choices. Yeah, I think I, I know who I'm going with. Okay. I will marry... Kanye. No, no, no. Damn, this is all terrible. Okay, I'm I'm killing R. Kelly. That's all for it. <laughs> I'm killing R. Kelly. Okay. So far, we on the same page. <laughs> I am. I'm asleep with Bill Cosby, and I'm gonna marry. <laughs> okay, so those are my choices, but I don't want. I actually decided I don't want to explain anything, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. Because <laughs> I can't justify so, any of that. I am going to... I'm killing R. Kelly. <laughs> um, and I'm actually going to... I'm actually going to marry Bill. And I'll fuck Kanye. I don't, I don't really think there's too much explanation to that either. Like, Bill is <laughs> on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> like and I don't have to do shit with him. <laughs> right. So I feel the same as mine is the exact same as Corey. Like Bill's old, you know. Like he's on his way out. You can marry him, and uh, he's not going to really require a lot. He's about to go to jail, so he might right. only be married like two weeks. Right. Which is, which is weird, but whatever. It's fine. Um. R. Kelly, I'm killing. Um, very violently, yes. Well. <laughs> um, and then Kanye, I'll have to, I'll have to fuck Kanye, because guess what? Some really good music would come out of that. <laughs> I would get my name. I would get what I always wanted, which is my name in a song. Shut up! Shut up! That's hilarious. Like, if I could be kind, of, okay. If I could be like two thousand and like five, six, seven, eight, Kanye's muse. Of course, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that would be made for some really good music now. Like. No, he too long. He too long gone. He you think so? He be doing weird shit in the bedroom. I don't want to do that. <laughs> not, okay. not weird by Kanye's standards. Right, right, right. Weird by my standards is weird. Kanye's standards are different. That's wrong with that. weird stuff, folks. Do your thing. <laughs> 
Okay. Kiana win. Okay, yeah. 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 Well we can um we can wrap up now. All right. So, so who are the tips going to this week? Oh, I did Kiana, not think about that tip? shit. No, you can go first. <laughs> or you can go <laughs> okay. So I didn't have a tip when we started this out, but um my tip is going to go to the Cleveland Cavs. Yeah, I have been. Taria's probably been looking at me like, "What the fuck is she looking at?" But I kept the game on <laughs> while oh, we yeah. were recording, <laughs> and because it was Game Seven, so and they won, so shout out to the Cavs. Taria, who's your tip? I'm gonna give my tip for the week. I can give twenty percent or fifteen. However much you want, really. I'm gonna give my tip of. 20% to Chance the Rapper. Okay. Chance put Thank his foot you. in his mouth this week. Yes. He said that not all black people have to be Democrat. Or, yeah, have to be Democrats. Which, he was right. But he said at the very the wrong, wrong The most the wrongest, wrongest time. <laughs> the wrongest of the wrongest. There were so many things he said at the wrongest y'all. time. <laughs> when he made that statement. <laughs> Listen, he said that at the most terrible time to say it. And then he tweeted about how it was a terrible time to say it. Mm-hmm. And how he looks at Kanye as a family member. I mean, he just gave a lot of context. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to do that. Mm-mm. But I think I, I think he realized how damaging and like how dangerous what Kanye is doing. So he like decided he needed to put a statement out. Yeah, as soon as he had Donald Trump tweeting, he was like, oh, no, yeah. this ain't that. <laughs> I thought he was very humble about it. Mm-hmm. And I think more people should have an exercise in humbleness um, <laughs> and humility. Um, so I'm going to give my tip to him. Chance, you're not canceled, but if you do it again, <laughs> you, you very well might be. Yeah, Have I'm y'all not... officially canceled Kanye? Yeah, he done. It's so hard. It's so hard. It is not easy because, like, Kanye, he was such the op. He's everything that he talked about. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like you at a point in time where like with some one, some people can say at that time, one of the most socially (laughs) conscious rappers in that, in that era. And I don't understand how you just throw all of that away. Have y'all heard, I'm sorry, I know we're wrapping up, but quick question. Have y'all heard the song with him and T.I.? Mm-hmm. I okay. didn't listen to it. Just, just I, I just so happened to hear it on the radio, and this is what I'll say. I'm not canceling Kanye. Um, after listening to that song, I understand, I think, what he says he was trying to do. But I think he was wrong in how he did it. Like he said something about wearing the make a great uh, wearing the make America great again hat was about like taking back the ownership of that and what that really meant. You know, much like black people say about nigga, we say about bitches and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I hear you, but. I still don't think, like, I still don't agree with the approach. Like, you're still fucking around with Donald Trump, so. But I can't cancel you all the way, Kanye. I'm sorry, I'm just not there yet. So, I think when he said that, like, that he was trying to take that back, like, that Make America Great Again thing, like, 
who has America been Kanye? America right. not been great for anybody. That wasn't even yours to take back. It wasn't. Right. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, it is really hard for me to. Kanye was like the soundtrack of like lives. You know what I mean? And so it's hard to cancel him, but it can happen. I haven't. I'm like my finger is on the button. <laughs> My finger's on the button, and it's going to hurt me very badly when I have to do it, because I know that I'm going to have to do it. Um, but I do want to ask, does anyone, did anyone cancel Nas this week? Or? So you oh, that to go is to a whole hard. Oh. <laughs> you want to go to a whole new topic? You know what? I, I think said, we're going to have to have Taria back. I said Nazir, Nazir, Nazir. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm not ready to have that conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm be And honest. I'm not ready yeah. for that either. And I watched, did yeah. y'all watch the Khalees interview? It was very sincere. Um, I watched the interview. I'm over here with my head down. Like, I'm just not ready to have that conversation. She was, her... Did you guys all see it? Mm-hmm. I watched it, yeah. She came off as incredibly sincere to me. Because I think that that's why that's why I was salty. And because it, it, what she what said was true. It was like everything that you've heard about this marriage has never been from me, and it never has been from. She's literally never spoken about their marriage since they got a divorce. Never. Oh, it's a yeah. hard, that's a hard one. I'm over here. And when you listen to feelings. when you listen to the lyrics from "Bye Baby," mm-hmm. first of all, he. Can we talk about how the cover of that album was abusive as fuck? Like, he's sitting there with her wedding dress on his lap. Yeah. Looking like, how dare you? (laughs) And that's what Bye Baby is about. Like, he said, that first single that Khalees had, I hate you so much right now. In the song, he says, I should have known you are an angry black woman. Mm -hmm. How did we miss that? (laughs) I'm so in my feelings, y'all. Like... So, Taria, let's let's yeah. table this until you return. Because <laughs> oh, I'm processing. I'm processing, too, y'all. Oh, Who are you tipping, Kiana? I'm My. sad. I'm, like, sad. Listen, that, that's heartbreaking right, right there. That is literally hard. Mm. Uh. Especially because he was my other baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, when my, mentor, when my mentor got married, the first thing she said, she said, girl... I got me a Nas. You know what that means mm. to a black woman? Right. Yes. God damn. We ended this on a very shitty note. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go on with my tip. My tip is going to go to James Shaw Jr. from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, there was a shooting in mm-hmm. Nashville last weekend. Um, four mm-hmm. people died in a Waffle House and 30 people were rescued um, by James Shaw Jr. And he is, I think he, I think he like 28, 29, 27. Mm-hmm. He in the, he in that age, in that age range. And this man, he tackled the shooter and the shooter one was naked, but that's not the fact, that's not the biggest point. The man had a gun. You know what I'm saying? He had a gun and you know, Waffle House is one way in, one way out. Honestly, I don't know no other way you can get out of Waffle House unless you go through the back right. or hop over the counter. But this man literally risked his life for all of those people and um, disarmed the guy who, who was shooting and then he, he ended up running away. But you know, we, we talk about Black Panther. We talk about these heroes that we're glorifying, but we got to write in our own community. And don't let the media fool you. Those black men that they're shooting in the streets, like, we're capable 
of being heroes too. We're capable of being painted as heroes too, because mm-hmm. we are. And so I'm gonna give him a fifty percent tip because I mean he was our Black Panther that weekend, so I rock with him for that. And he was a Tennessee State grad. Yes. We need him for the revolution, so. Right. <laughs> yes. Who else is tackling assault rifles? Girl. Right. I'm not there yet. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not no. there yet. No. I'll help with strategy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know your wheelhouse. You gotta know your wheelhouse. <laughs> All right. Has anybody been to any um, cool brunch spots? I have. Um, is it called Barrel and Board? Where? They have meat there, so you probably don't. <laughs> I hate to <Teresa. laughs> Probably don't even go through the door. But they have, a, they have lots of pork there. Uh, the bacon is amazing. Um... They do have some, like, meatless stuff there. But it's good. The flavor of the food is really good. And it's in Gahanna. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. And it's a good place to, um, like, if you're, I know your family travels down sometimes mm-hmm. to see. Like, it's a good place I would take family. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm trying to find new brunch spots in Columbus. Um, one that I'm surprised that I have not mentioned on the show yet is, uh, Super Chefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, that's a really good brunch spot. <clears throat> um, and they are black-owned. Mm-hmm. They are downtown and in Gahanna. So if you're in Columbus, check out Super Chefs. Um, they do get really packed really quickly. So yeah, there's two locations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the um, downtown one is a little smaller. But oh, yeah, it is. What I didn't mention about Barrel and Boar is that the head chef is a black man. So there was like a seasoning on the floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. <laughs> Any brunch spots from you, Kiana? Yes. So here in Nashville, um, was it Cracker Barrel has put a twist on some things and wanted to get on the in crowd. Um, and they've created something called Holler and Dash here. It's a biscuit house. And so, instead of, like, going to the traditional Cracker Barrel, you can go to this really cool place set up for millennials that focuses on, like, gourmet biscuits and stuff like that. So, that's a really cool place to check out in Nashville. It's called Holler and Dash. Okay. So, yeah. All right, y'all. I think that's it for the week. Taria, thank you for joining us. Thank yes, you for thank having you. me, guys. I appreciate it. I done posted about you already. I snuck a picture and so she probably didn't even know. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me see what picture you use. <laughs> um, but no, I'm really glad that we were able to bring you on the show. And of course, we would love to have you back. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's it. Stay tuned for the things that we have or follow us on social media. Sorry. Yes. Um, I appreciate the comments that we've been getting um, in the, the dialogue that was a little started from our conversation last week about um, entitlement of patronage for black-owned businesses. Um, so shout-out to you guys that have been commenting. Um, but follow us on Instagram at bitches, double underscore, love, double underscore, brunch, and on Facebook at the Bitches Love Brunch Facebook page. 
and SoundCloud and iTunes. Subscribe, follow, listen, comment, share. Am I missing anything, Kiana? Review. Review. I knew it was one. It's all good. All right, y'all. So I think that's it. All right. Bye.